Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke. Thanks for being here today on the Cone of Shame Veterinary Podcast. Guys, we've got a good episode today with the one and only Rachel Poulin. Guys, at the very beginning of this episode, I say, hey, thanks for being back. Um, she's not back because the episode that we did uh, that became before this one, uh, the audio is just, it didn't turn out the way that I want. And it just, it sounds like I'm talking to a robot and I'm just, we're going to have to remake it. So uh, don't freak out if you're like, they haven't done an episode before. We did. It just never made it to the air. I have to tell you, it was amazing. Like really great. I particularly was exceptional in that episode that you'll never hear. I just wanted to say, man, I was good. And so anyway, sorry to no one will ever hear it, but just take my word, Oscar worthy. With that, let's get into this episode. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Hey, Rachel Poole, and thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you for inviting me. Always, always. So uh, for those who didn't catch your uh, previous episode, you are a VTS specialty small animal internal medicine, and um, you lecture all over the country, all over the world. and Mostly the country. Mostly <laughs> yes. the country. Uh, <laughs> so far, I, ha- I have dreams. <laughs> well, you know, one's the, it's just America. Uh, it's a big country. Very so that, that's yes. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into it. let's play. How do you treat that? I got something for you. All right, I have an eight-year-old female spayed domestic short hair named Sugar, <laughs> who has been drinking and peeing a lot, and also seems hungry all the time. And I checked this cat out, and I'm kind of wondering about thyroids and things like that. But when I check this cat out, she's got a crazy high glucose. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. Um, So I'm looking at this diabetic cat. So how do you treat that? Well, once we've confirmed the diagnosis of diabetes, um, then we need to get into the the meat and potatoes. Um, Depending on how long it's been, cats... Are, are so much fun with diabetes. And I know that sounds crazy. It is my favorite disease. I'll admit it. My I do, favorite I, disease. I am a nerd. I have a favorite disease. Um, so these guys usually present a little dehydrated. Um, this particular cat that we're talking about is hyporexic. It's been going on a couple of days, but polyphagic. So let's get in a catheter. We've confirmed the diagnosis of diabetes. And let's start treatment. Now, I would... Uh, Obviously, the number one treatment of diabetes is insulin, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're dealing with profound dehydration, depending on where we are in the disease process, we might want to give some fluids for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, giving a sub-Q or even an IM injection to, for lack of a better word, a potato chip, we don't want to just have the insulin kind of sitting there and not absorbing. So depend right. that's a conversation with the doctor. How profound is the dehydration? Do we need to start rehydrating or can we start with the insulin right away. Um, I'm a big, big, big fan of um, sampling lines in these guys. Sometimes that can be a little problematic depending on their level of dehydration. So to start off with, put in a peripheral line, let's get some fluids going. Um, Let's get those 
very important um, supplements uh, added to the fluids. Okay. Um, so motility agents. Um, and then we need to start talking about the insulin. So once we have reached a level of perfusion and somewhat rehydration, we should definitely talk about insulin. Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, let's, well, let's, let's break that down a little bit. So talk to me, talk to me about your rationale with the sampling catheter. With the sampling catheter, um, I, it, it depends. So it depends on what you're going to use to get your BGs. Okay. So if you use a Freestyle Libre in your hospital, which is the new human grade BG reader, okay. are, are, um, then possibly a sampling line is not quite as important because you're not needing, you don't need to pull blood every two hours. But okay. if you're in a position where you need to pull blood every two hours, I would definitely put in a sampling line as soon as hydration and perfusion would allow you to. Right. Um, and this is for a couple of different reasons. One, we need to think about being a patient advocate and we're sticking the animal every two hours. Yeah. And after a while, you're going to start pulling back buddy, bloody stumps, you know, like mm -hmm. you're, you're going to start losing some limbs, um, especially in our cats. I love cats, but let's be honest, they can be a little temperamental sometimes. True. Well, as <laughs> they feel better too, they, oh, they yeah. often get tired. Like you may be, you oftentimes I'll start out with these cases and I'm like, oh, this is going to be fine. They, she doesn't care at all. <laughs> and then she gets rehydrated and I'm like, oh, you do care. And you're not doing this anymore, you know? Absolutely. Um, and the other reason I really do advocate for central lines, and there's a lot of different reasons, but one is I I do not want to see veins being stuck just for a BG. Yeah. So if there's a set, we need to protect those diabetic veins. Let's be honest, they blow if we just look at them, let alone yeah. if we're sticking them every two hours. So having that central line in there, whether it's a dog or a cat, is allows us a simple and painless way that we can get a sample possibly even without a restrainer, depending on the temperament of the animal, mm -hmm. and get the diagnostics we need without damaging the relationship between the nurse and the patient, um, possibly not demanding more staff on the to help you, possibly requiring less staff to actually get the sample because you have a sampling line in, and less trauma to the patient. Now, if you're and if we're treating a diabetic in-house, we're going to need to be running blood work once or twice a day. So on top of the every two hours that we're getting a BG, we also need to be pulling a CBC in chemistry once or twice a day. That's a lot of sticking an animal. So that's why I advocate highly for a sampling line. Um, with the Freestyle Libre, I'm sure you're familiar. It allows us to just have a wand that passes over the apparatus that's on the animal's skin and it'll pop up a number. Yeah. We know that it's um, reliable in its readings in dogs. We have anecdotal information on cats. So if we're not sticking every two hours, then maybe there's an argument there that a sampling line isn't necessary. Mm -hmm. um, and we're just going to be sticking for like the CBC and chemistries and electrolytes and all that good stuff. Um, but that's why I advocate for it because I want to preserve that relationship with the patient and the caretaker. And I, I've been that tech where I open the, I open the cage door. It's like the sixth stick of the day and the cat just comes out ready to, uh, 
have me give a blood sample, if you will. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, th- I think it totally makes sense. I just I always just like to unpack that. I think the big thing is imagine getting poked every two hours and, exactly. you know, and how old that would get for you. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was looking for. I Absolutely. Absolutely. Unpack what you mean when you say uh, fluid supplements. That's what we talked about. So like, what, are you, what are you referring to there? What does that mean? Insulin opens the door for other substances to move into the cell and out of the peripheral blood. And because of that, we have to keep an eye and making sure the appropriate amount of these supplements are staying in the peripheral blood and not driving entirely into the cell. So magnesium, potassium, glucose, these are the things we need to be keeping a close eye on. I would recommend, and what, what I've done in my own experience with my doctors, is we automatically put potassium and reglin and usually some sort of glucose into the bag. And then we serial monitor once or twice a day to see what needs to be adjusted. And mm-hmm. are we still maintaining that that balance? Because we're creating an insufficiency by giving so much insulin. So we need to make sure that we have that supplemental balance. Sure. So uh, we talked about sampling. We talked about fluids. We talked about food therapy. Um, talk to me about getting started on insulin. Um, getting started on insulin, if we're dealing with what we're dealing with with this little kitty cat sugar, um, three to four day history, polyphagic, losing weight, I believe, I think you may have said, um, R is going to be probably our first line of defense. Humulin R is a very fast acting insulin. It's a very short acting insulin. And it usually lives and stays in the ER. This is not an insulin that would be going home with owners, but it is an insulin that'll get those cell doors open, that'll start us to start, um, allow us to start treating and addressing the problem. And then we transition to a longer acting insulin once the patient goes home. But so we would start on the on the low dose likely of R. Um and Make sure that we're staying on top of it. Now, this can be given sub-Q, IM, or even IV. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're dealing, I prefer IM or IV in the hospital setting when we're dealing with an acute case that could or could not become critical. I think that the giving it IM or IV has a, has a quicker mechanism of action. Gotcha. So that's where we would start. And then, of course, as little sugar starts to improve, we would transition to a longer acting insulin. Um, in terms of what insulins, we want to start, we want to think about these kitty cats going into remission. Okay. Um, I don't know if we're there yet in terms of where you are with the questions, but when we're talking about insulin choices, I would want one of the insulins that are very well documented to help with feline diabetic remission. So Vetsilin would be number one. I'm sorry, not Vetsilin, Glargine um, is number one in cats for feline remission Okay. combined with diet. So initially probably are to help get over that hump and make sure that, that they're responding. And then hopefully we can transition to an insulin that combined with nutrition will support diabetic remission, which is the holy grail of yeah, feline. Totally. Yeah. What do you... um? Talk to me a little bit about diet. Like what type of uh, what type of, of diet are we really looking, looking for? Any tips there as far as what we're going to choose as far as sending out the door? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so never, never, never send them home without some dietary options. Um, mm. So what the literature is telling us right now is that an otherwise healthy animal, we want to be focusing on low-carb carbohydrates mm. and high protein. Now, when I say otherwise healthy, it's because if we're dealing with a uh, 
a diabetic cat that's also in renal failure, we're probably not going to want to push the protein. So there's always right. those, those comorbidities sure. to think about. So when I tell you a lower complex carbohydrate diet with a high protein, I'm talking about an otherwise healthy animal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's some really great options out there right now. I am a big believer that we're no longer feeding a pet. We're giving medicine to a patient. Mm-hmm. And so I prefer the veterinary diets when it comes to this. They have the studies behind them. They have the quality behind them. Um, and it, I can just open a book and know exactly what my patient is eating. Yeah. Um, so I prefer those um, those veterinary diets. Now, they're a little bit more expensive. There are other foods out in the stores that have a high protein and low carbohydrate. It's basically what can you get a kitty cat into remission using one of those um, canned over-the-counter foods? Yeah, you probably can. I've seen it done. But mm-hmm. we want to present the gold standard. Sure. So, well, you so, want, the, yeah. I want the highest probability possible. Right. You know, so that, that's that's it for me. I mean, absolutely. you might be, we might get lucky and, and pull it off. I want to present the plan that's going to give us the best chances. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I would recommend um, some of the industry um, veterinary lines. Glycobalance is a great one right now. Um, honestly, they're all really good. Um, because there's just, there's so much research and development and actual studies behind them. Um, and that sometimes is a do- difficult conversation to have with our owners because they have their uh, preconceived notions about these diets. So sometimes that really does involve a, a conversation, a lot of client education, but ultimately you're not feeding a pet anymore. Still your pet, still a loving, wonderful companion, but food is so much part of this treatment and the success of achieving remission that you really have to like go in with the owner and flip that switch and help them to understand that this is part of the therapy. Yeah. Cool. Otherwise they'll be insulin dependent. All right. So last thing, uh, any pearls on monitoring at home? So we're going to get this cat, uh, regulated, stabilized. We're going to send it back home. What are we talking to the owners about as far as monitoring at home? Number one thing, they must, must, must know the clinical signs of diabetes. They need, mm-hmm. Because they're, those, those eyes are going to be the first thing that tells you if we're achieving control, if we're not achieving control, if we're coming out of control. So number one thing I, would, I want all owners to, to, to have, I want clinics to make, you know, these are the things to watch for handout. Laminate it, put it on the fridge. They see it every day. So PUPD, yeah. polyphagia muscle wasting, weight loss, um, that is going to show up far before we find something on diagnostics. So I would say that would be the number one. Your number two is going to really be the connection with the client and building that trust because they're going to be scared. We're Mm -hmm. asking them to take blood. We're asking them to give shots. It's going to be scary. So developing that bond with, with your client let knowing that it's safe for them to call you and ask questions when they're scared and it, there's not going to be a problem and you will come to the phone and we're going to get through this is so essential for those first couple of weeks because gotcha. they're so scared. So yeah. knowing those, and of course, if there's an event happening in the house, like let's say they're having a big party, uh, there's coming home with a new baby, they're changing the roof. We all know that cats don't handle stress well. So maybe thinking ahead if if there's something really quite jarring that's going to happen in the home and we're early on in the diabetic process, 
um, calling your clinic, asking about stress, uh, possibly um, some gabapentin for a couple of days, something to sort of help stabilize that stress level early on. If there's going to be some sort of event that might trigger the stress because cats just love to express their stress in elevated BGs and glucosuria and all that other fun stuff. So control, trying to control and have some semblance of calm in the house as you're adjusting to this sort of new nursing at home lifestyle, um, I find to be very helpful. And the number one thing I want clients and, and, and our nurses and our doctors to know is take the calls. If yeah. a diabetic owner calls you and they have a question, there's a good possibility they're sitting there with the insulin in their hand, not knowing what to do. Yeah. Take, take the call. Perfect. Take the call. That's, that's awesome. Rachel, thanks for being here. Where can people find you uh, if they want to learn more from you or ask you any questions? I am at uh, rachelrvt.com is my website. Um, and rachelrvt at gmail is my email address. So Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. My pleasure. And that is the episode that we have for you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got a lot out of it. I hope it was good and it was a good refresher and a good reminder of the things that are important with our kitty cats who have diabetes. If there are things that you want to hear, shoot me an email at podcast at drandyrook.com. That's podcast at drandyrook.com. And I'll see if I can do it for you. Guys, be safe. Take care of yourselves. I hope to see you sometime soon without a mask over our faces. Those days are coming. But until then, be super safe. You were valuable. You were cared about. You were important. And this too shall pass. Hang in there.